Hi, everyone. Welcome back or welcome to Multi-Housing News' Top Marketers Podcast. For this month's episode, I am so excited to be joined by Nicole Jones, the Senior Vice President of Marketing for Veris Residential. Nicole brings more than 20 years of real estate marketing and branding experience to the table, primarily focused on multifamily communities. She currently oversees marketing for Veris Residential's entire multifamily office and retail portfolio. Nicole, it is so good to have you here with me today. Thank you for joining. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you today and to talk about one of my favorite things in the world, which is branding. (laughs) Amazing. So let's just kick things off then. I'd love to start our discussion today with just a little bit of background on you. What drew you to Veris Residential in the first place and the Veris Residential brand? To be honest, um, I've been in, as you said, the real estate industry for about 20 years, mostly working on multifamily. And at the time, which is almost two years ago at this point, I really wasn't looking to make a change. I was very happy um, at the company I was at. I was working on really interesting projects. um, And I've been lucky to work for really great companies and just always feel um, like I've got interesting projects or branding work to do. So when this opportunity came about, I was just so intrigued by the CEO's vision um, because I'd never heard um, a vision like this, which was you know really focused on ESG, obviously changing the company from a primarily office company to a multifamily company. And I just felt like his vision was something that I could build a brand off of. And so I was really excited because oftentimes us as marketers were hearing stuff from higher ups or CEOs that you still have to go and like kind of I don't know, create something that you don't necessarily have the formula for a brand laid out in front of you. And I felt like our CEO, Mabad, his vision was just so clear and so strong that I was like so inspired by my interview with him that I was like, I have the the building blocks for a brand right here. I don't have to create something. Um, this is going to be really authentic. And it was really helpful because he wanted to do this branding exercise very, very quickly. So for those who don't know, um, we were formerly McCalley and Roseland. So we were technically two separate companies. Mm-hmm. McCalley was primarily an office company. Roseland was the residential company. And his goal was to bring the companies together under one new brand and to do it, frankly, in about three months. So for those who are listening, wow. who are branding people know that that's, you know, under any circumstance, that's really intense. Right. Um, but certainly to bring these two companies that had a history and to really change the the brand and the ethos in such a short period of time is you know almost impossible. But because his vision was so strong, I felt compelled to take the position, um, mm-hmm. but also felt really excited about our ability to get that job done and create a beautiful brand that would resonate with residents. Wow, that sounds really interesting. And I'd love to explore a little bit more. You mentioned that interview with the CEO and sort of the fundamentals of the brand that he discussed with you and wanted to shape this company towards. Can you tell me a little bit more about those fundamentals that you discussed with him and how they look now? Sure. So it was really important to him. And what I heard was that he wanted to create this environment of a meritocracy. He wanted employees to be empowered. He really wanted sort of a flat organizational structure. But as I mentioned, he really wanted to focus on ESG as you know a primary pillar and a differentiator um, as the com- of the company in comparison to other residential companies. We were going to be shifting from 
office into multifamily, which was also super exciting for me because that's where my background is primarily. Um, so we came up with these pillars of properties, people, and the planet. And it's kind of everything that we do you know, falls into one of those buckets. So obviously we want to be a, a top multifamily owner operator, operate the best properties, um, have the best resident experience. We want people, both our residents and our employees, really any of our stakeholders to, you know, feel empowered, um, feel like this is a wonderful company, something that they believe in. And then obviously to do things that are good for the planet, because he really felt like, you know, we can make decisions as an organization that benefit the planet. It's not one way or the other. And oftentimes, you know, we hear that these these decisions may cost money. And in a lot of cases, they really don't. So we built this whole brand on those three pillars, uh, which I love because it's very easy for our team to kind of use those as foundational building blocks. I mean, those are pretty powerful pillars, people, properties, and planet. I mean, yes. what more can you ask for, right? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, one of the things that I love too, is that we were obviously making a big change here at the company. So it's like you you can create a beautiful brand, but all of us in branding know that ultimately you have to change behavior. You have to get people's buy-in. So whether that's residents or employees and creating these pillars really created the speed bump at the company. So now everything that we do you know, we run all of our decisions through the lens primarily of ESG or DEI or philanthropy. But it's like, if we're going to make a decision, we're going to make a change in a property, how can we do this better? How can we benefit one of those three pillars or maybe all of them in, in that case? So I love what it's done for us culturally as an organization, because the brand isn't just the pretty, you know, beautiful pictures and fonts and all of that stuff that you see um, on the website or on a sign. It's really how people behave. It's how residents interact with our brand. And because ultimately they, they technically own the brand, right? Like we all create things and assets, but brands are really what people feel about it. So that's what, you know, I love. And we're about a year and a half in on the new brand um, and it feels really good. Amazing. And so now let's dive into each of these pillars just in more depth. And let's start with the planet one. So ESG, can you tell me a little bit about Varus Residential's ESG initiatives and really what that means to you as a marketer? Sure. So you know, when I came in, you know, every company I've been with has been talking about ESG. Obviously, we all know that that has grown um, over the last several years. But to hear that this was something that we were going to take very seriously. And, you know, we actually at the same time created an ESG department and nominated a head of that department. And like I said, every decision that we make as a company goes through that. So, you know, we're doing a lot of things that are very sciencey um, and, you know, focused on our emissions. But then there are things that are small changes. Um, like we just received the uh, well equity rating and we're the first company in the globe to receive that across the portfolio. So we know that that impacts our residents and their experience, but also impacts our employees and how they feel about it. So just having something that's super tangible for our residents and our employees to actually interact with, like ESG isn't this kind of obscure thing. It's not just a, a tag on our website or a page on our website. It's embedded throughout the brand. It is mm -hmm. truly a part of the DNA. I mean, speaking of it being tangible, I just got in my inbox, the ESG 2022 various residential report and gave that a look through. And it's really interesting. And I would love to discuss it so that our listeners can learn a little bit about some of those highlights in the report and the ways in which your marketing partook in it. 
Sure. It, it's a big report, right? It, uh, it is. I think, I think it's really, it's really big. I think 112 pages, if I am not mistaken, which, you know, a lot of times this would be living in a different department or at a different organization, you know, marketing may not have um, too much influence on it, but because um, the brand in, in ESG are so embedded together, uh, marketing was at the table for every single one of these meetings. Um, and we actually have a secondary brand called Embrace Viverus Residential um, that we created sort of at the same time we created the the Verus rebrand, did the Verus rebrand. Um, and that is the umbrella that all of our philanthropy, DEI, and ESG live underneath, which is why our team was so involved in the actual ESG report. Um, takes about six months to create that report. So even though it's a 2022 report, that's why it just came out. Um, and I'm really proud of the report because we did the whole thing in-house. So we worked hand-in-hand -hand with our head of ESG and sustainability, um, with our COO on this report. Uh, our creative director actually designed the entire thing, which is amazing. All the photography is taken by someone on my team. And those are, you know, our residents. Those are our employees. Um, they're all, you know, people who live at our building. Uh, so it's, you know, really exciting. And then there's a lot of amazing accomplishments for last year, which is part of the reason that it's it's so big um, and, and, and thick, if you will. Amazing. And so that report, but also these initiatives that you're talking about, how exactly are you implementing some of these ESG efforts that you're talking about into your day-to-day -day marketing practices that you and your team are, you know, doing? Sure. So my team is also responsible outside of just marketing. We do mm -hmm. a lot of the resident events and a lot, a lot of the resident activations on property. Okay. Um, so we try to introduce you know, ESG, DEI, philanthropy into some portion of the, the resident event. It's also really important to us that we are sort of bringing philanthropy to our residents' doorsteps and making it easier for them to participate um, because that's one of the things that we we knew about our residents um, is that they really care about these things. They care about ESG. They care about giving back. They just are a bit overwhelmed. They don't know where to start. So we figured as a company, if we're already doing these things, how can we make them more tangible for our residents? How can we give them the opportunity to participate? Um, and just that feedback loop. So we're doing a lot of surveying and trying to understand what our residents care about, what's important to them, um, and just trying to, you know, there might be small things. So for instance, we last year piloted bees at one of our properties and even though it might seem weird, that effort was led by the, the marketing team um, in partnership with Aviol. And this year, we implemented bees across the majority of our portfolio just recently. And that's giving our residents an opportunity to, A, we're, we're obviously taking a little step forward and helping the environment and biodiversity, but also it's a learning opportunity for our residents. So we created a bee activity books for the kids at the properties or adults who might want to do a mm -hmm. coloring book, Why um, not? but so that they can exactly, so they can learn um, a little bit more about bees and what they do for us. Um, Cause even I learned, you know, a bit about bees. I didn't know that like every third bite of food you eat, a bee was involved in pollinating that. So very That's interesting. Crazy. Um, isn't it? Isn't it? So, you know, we're trying to create these like little learning opportunities for our residents. Um, we'll have beekeepers that will come to the properties and for residents who want to get up close with the bees, um, you know, they'll be able to be involved in that beekeeping exercise. Um, and ultimately, they'll, they'll get a little bit of honey from their hives. 
That sounds incredible. And I absolutely love the way that you're able to tie together not only ESG with philanthropy, but philanthropy with your residents and your properties. It's like a way to tie, I mean, all three pillars together, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, it's, you know, we we hear from, like I said, the residents that this is really important to them. They just don't necessarily know where to start. They're all very busy. And so being able to, on top of delivering them a great living experience and doing those fundamentals exceptionally, being able to go above and beyond and give them an opportunity to participate, especially in philanthropy or do things that are a little bit better for the environment is really exciting for us. And we feel like it differentiates us as a company. Absolutely. And so just, you know, keep going. Tell me a little bit more about this second pillar, which is people and philanthropy. And tell me a little bit about various residentials efforts here. So philanthropy is interesting because when I took the position, I really honestly had no clue as to what we were doing. It never, it wasn't something that came up. Um, I knew my first task was really to focus on this rebrand, which we knew was going to be a super intense endeavor. I felt like I had a really great foundation, as I said, with that vision that our CEO had to build this brand. Um, And then when I got here, I started to realize that the company was doing a lot philanthropically, donating a lot of money, saying yes to a lot of different organizations, but it was super scattered. We were donating to really kind of everybody who asked, but neither our employees, our residents, nobody knew about this. So Mm -hmm. we were, you know, it it wasn't a part of the the message. Nobody knew how to get involved. Um, And we were really just you know, giving money to organizations, but ultimately we weren't able to leverage that and make those experiences for our residents. So that was honestly in parallel with the rebrand. It's why we created Embrace by Virus Residential and created that brand because it felt like we're missing an opportunity to make these philanthropic efforts and relationships more tangible. So we took the that time to also talk to all the organizations and kind of pair back who we were working with so that those relationships would be more meaningful. So we do continue to work with a lot of organizations at the local level, like the Boys and Girls Clubs and, you know, different women's shelters. And we we allow our, our local teams to kind of bring groups to us that they want to work with. Um, we work with a university that's next to us. We have a scholarship for um, a student every year. But when it comes to the bigger groups, we trimmed that down to St. Jude, Red Cross, Ecology, um, who does Trees and Habitat for Humanity. And it's been really wonderful because we're able to create opportunities for the residents as well as our employees to get involved and participate. So it's not just donating money to them. It's okay, how can, you know, how can our maintenance team get involved with the Red Cross? Well, last year they went and they updated uh, smoke alarms in veterans' homes or oh, wow. our teams packing, you know, bags um, for or donating food to Red Cross for their veterans' um, shelter or our resident events. The kids created cards for veterans at um, one, um, one of Red Cross's shelters. And Last year, we did the St. Jude Walk um, run for the first time, and we raised, in addition to our corporate sponsorship, we raised over $80,000 of additional funds for St. Jude by getting our residents and our employees to help us fundraise. So it's really much more meaningful for them than to just say, hey, we donated all this money to these organizations. 
and it's just a check. It's like actually something that's tangible. And so I'm really, really proud of that. And we continue to push the envelope there. We actually have a St. Jude walk run uh, panel tomorrow with Kirsten Ferguson, who's a Peloton instructor, because we're starting to fundraise for that walk run. Um, and our hopefully our residents are going to come to it and participate in it. And that it's just, you know, so really fun. proud of it. I mean, you yeah. should be proud of it. All of these opportunities sound truly, really incredible. It's something to be proud of. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like one of those things too, like as a marketer, I'm always looking for something to be authentic and to be real. And it's Mm -hmm. much easier to create a brand and build that brand based on authenticity and real things that we're doing, as opposed to things that are, you know, very obscure or opaque. So it just, you know, the various brand, even though it's only been living in the world for, you know, not quite even two years yet, it is continuing to to grow and it's this sort of living, breathing thing that is getting more mature because of things like this, like of our philanthropic efforts and because we're making strides as it relates to ESG. So sort of what you just said there, but yeah, how exactly are you taking these opportunities that you and your team are bringing about, that Ferris Residential is bringing about and being sure that it's absolutely integrated into the brand? Yeah, I mean, we were... Lucky on one sense, because of the rebrand, and we knew that we would have these pillars, we were able to integrate it into the brand to begin with. Not mm-hmm. everybody has that luxury. And I've been in the place that maybe some of your listeners um, are where you might be, you know, rebranding, whether it's a, a light refresh, or you're trying to grow the brand and integrate it in. At Veris, we decided that ESG should be part of every buying decision. So if you're on our website, you're going to see ESG, every time you are presented with, you know, renting an apartment or searching through our availability, we reinforce that by, you know, introducing the ESG as a part of that. And it's light, you know, it's not, it's not in your faith. It's very Mm -hmm. subtle, but it's integrated into everything that we do. And so I would just say for people listening, that's really important to think about if you are going to pick something to sort of hang your hat on, how can you implement it into all of those touch points, whether it's the website or signage, you know, banners at the website or on your property, it can be very subtle too. And it should be, you know, it should be something that the customers just feel is a part of your brand. Um, and that will automatically make it feel more authentic. I mean, absolutely. Speaking as a consumer myself, I mean, I'm renting my apartment right now. Any of these things, oh, I we, think. Would you like to rent with us? We, we I think I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> my lease is up in December, so. I know who to well, email, yes, <laughs> but I mean, all of these aspects, truly, if they were incorporated into one building versus another that I was looking at, I think that it would be one of the final decision makers for me personally. And I can imagine that's yeah. the same for your residents. Yeah. And, you know, we recently surveyed our residents and overwhelmingly what we heard is that they care about these things. So that was really nice to hear, especially because we had built a whole brand um, based on this, but that they really do care about this. They want to get more involved. Sometimes it's interesting because as a marketer, you've created this brand that you think is very clear um, what it stands for. And, you know, one thing that I think we all as you know, marketing and branding people have to remember is that it's okay to, even if you don't get the feedback that you necessarily want, you can continue to adapt and make it louder. So while we heard that it is really important to our residents and to our prospects, one of the things that I heard from them is that 
some of them aren't even aware of this, you know, these efforts. And so now the next phase for us is, okay, how can we amplify this messaging? How can we reevaluate? We think that it is very evident and obvious that, you know, people, properties in the planet are part of our brand and what we stand for. But how can we reach them in other ways? Um, so that's what our team is continuing to work on is, you know, not making it louder um, in terms of, you know, more in your face, but just making sure that those touch points, that it's very clear that there's more opportunities for them to participate in philanthropy, that every message that we send to them, it feels like it's integrated in. But I was pleased to hear that it matters to them because that's, you know, first and foremost, the, the first hurdle to get over. Um, and then as marketers, you just always continue figuring out, okay, how do I get the message to that person? And realizing that different audiences are going to absorb things in different places. So we've got some residents who you know, are on social media. We've got some residents who you know, don't participate in social media. So we can't rely on our message only coming through one channel. So the team is just continuing to reevaluate and hone um, and just try to figure out until we hear that 100% of our residents get it, they understand it, our job will never be done. Right. And then just to continue the conversation about, you know, residents, but also the people in your company, I think you were sort of leaning towards it. But that last pillar that you mentioned earlier, DEI, as it pertains to people, your residents, and of course, your team, how does that work itself into the various residential brand? Sure. So as I mentioned, we created sort of a secondary brand embraced by Veris Residential, and that's the umbrella that houses all of our ESG, DEI, and philanthropy. But when we got here, and when I say we, I mean the leadership group here at Veris Residential, there was definitely work to be done as it related to DEI. And you know, social is obviously a pillar um, of ESG. And I think a lot of people really focus on the environmental piece, but we take social really seriously. And so we've set, you know, a number of targets related to diversity. Um, we created the DEI Council and there's the Women's Network and the Diversity Network because these groups did not exist. And in a lot of companies, they do exist. So we we created those groups um, to help employees, you know, have a safe space to participate, give feedback to us, um, which has been really important. And honestly, the way that we view DEI is through, I think, a pretty unique lens because it's not just those kind of like high-level demographics of like you know, women. Okay, good. We're at 50%. We're done. We're never going to be satisfied with that because, for example, it we just added somebody to our team that is non-binary. And so we really like dive down the lens of DEI, of diversity, that you can go really, really far and really, really broad. I happen to be biracial, half black, half white, but I don't speak for all black people or all white people. Um, just making sure that, you know, we don't have a monolithic perspective because ultimately our teams impact our resident experience. And we want our resident experience to feel very welcoming, feel diverse for our residents. And so it's really important that we have the team here that can have that diverse perspective. It sounds like across the board, whether it be DEI, whether it be philanthropy, whether it be ESG, at the core is really being authentic. And I'm sure that that makes your, you know, marketing authenticity even easier and, you know, more touchable and viewable for your residents. It does. And, you know, it really 
it starts at the top, honestly. It's really hard for somebody to push this out if leadership doesn't really believe in it. So I think that's the beauty of what we have here is that, you know, our CEO, our executive team, everybody believes in this vision of pushing towards, um, you know, a more diverse, a more equitable environment, creating this meritocracy. So thankfully, it, it has made my job easier because everything we do is authentic. You know, we're not going to say that we have a target and, and either not achieve it, not have a roadmap to achieve it. And it's been so it's been a really beautiful experience because you don't always get that. Um, so I realize that we are sort of a unique perspective, but I think getting that buy-in, you know, for people who are listening, if they, you know, especially in marketing, because often it is hard, you know, we've got to get the buy-in from the various groups and that can be really challenging and tough. And I've certainly been there at various stages of my career where it's been like challenging to get everybody on the same page, whether it's, you know, a property brand or a company brand, um, to have the same vision, but getting the heads of departments and the leadership team bought in first is the key because ultimately as a marketer, you can create something that looks really beautiful and then it can be very quickly undermined by, you know, if the operations group doesn't believe in ESG as an example, it's going to be really challenging for us to deliver that experience to our residents because marketing isn't responsible, you know, for the day-to-day interaction with our residents. So I would say like, no matter what people do, trying to make sure that everybody is on the same page and believes in that vision, whatever it may be, is, you know, step one to making sure that it's an authentic brand. It's definitely a unique vision and it's definitely authentic. And I hope that we see more of it in more companies across the nation because it sounds really great. So thank you for sharing that with me here today, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely loved it. And thank you so much to our listeners. Be sure to tune in next month as well to Multi-Housing News' Top Marketers Podcast. 